We're reading from Joshua chapter 1, page 216 in the Blue Church Bibles, 216. We'll read the whole chapter. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan, towards the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, 
will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Thanks, Vivian. Uh, do make sure you can see Joshua chapter 1 in front of you, uh, and let's pray together. Our loving and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we've just sung, you are a speaking God. Father, we pray that you would speak to us now as we spend some time looking at this chapter. Would we hear your voice, and would you change us to know and love you more because of what we hear? Amen. Well, I wonder whether there's ever been a time uh, when you felt overwhelmed as a Christian. Ever been a time when you felt anxious or, or daunted by something going on in your life? Uh, perhaps you're about to move uh, to live in a shipping container in Haiti and you're feeling a little bit nervous. Uh, maybe there's a, a particularly antagonistic person at school or, or at work, uh, someone who seems to go out of their way each day to make life hard for you. And so you dread Monday morning. You dread going into the playground or the office. Maybe there's something in your life that you know God wants you to change. A relationship that needs to end or a hard conversation that needs to be had. Maybe it's the general cultural climate at the moment. The fact that Christians are not very popular in today's society. That we're increasingly under pressure to keep quiet about the things that we believe. Uh, Whatever it is, I'm sure all of us would have felt and probably regularly feel like we need courage in the Christian life. It takes courage to be a Christian. Actually, it's always been that way. As we've heard already, we're starting this evening uh, our new series looking at the book of Joshua. And very quickly we see that Joshua is a man who needs courage. We know that because four times in that opening chapter, if you, if you heard it there, God says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. As he stands on the edge of the promised land, Joshua needs courage. And to understand why that is, we need to think back briefly to all that has happened up until this point, up until this moment that we've just read. What has led this man, Joshua, to be standing on the bank of the River Jordan and in need of some courage? Well, it's a long way back, but if you can think all the way back to our Bible overview that we did in life groups uh, a year or so ago, you'll remember that long before Joshua, God made some amazing promises to a man named Abraham. Back in Genesis 12, God promised Abraham a people, a whole nation of descendants, God promised to give him a place, a land for those people to live in and enjoy. And God promised to give him his blessing, his blessing that would would spread through Abraham to the whole world. Abraham had sons called Ishmael and Isaac, and Isaac had sons called Esau and Jacob. And then Jacob had 12 sons, and those 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. Those 12 tribes ended up uh, slaves in the land of Egypt. And so God sent a man called Moses to lead them out of slavery through the desert and to the edge of the promised land. When they got there, Moses sent 12 spies, one from each of the tribes, into the land to, to go and see what was going on. 
And they all came back to Moses, and they all came back saying how wonderful, how amazing this promised land was. But there was no way they could enter it. No way they could actually go into that land. The spies came back terrified. They said, it can't be done. It's impossible. We can't go in, is what they said. All of them except for a man named Caleb and a man named Joshua. You see, Caleb and Joshua, they, they trusted the promises of God. They believed him when he said that he would give them the land. Uh, but sadly, no one listened to them, and so the people refused to go in. As a result, God sent them back out into the wilderness for 40 years until that whole generation had died out. All of them gone. All of them, except for Caleb and Joshua. And then after those 40 years, Moses leads them back to where they were, back to the edge of the promised land. And there on the edge of the River Jordan, he preaches to them one last time. He preaches a series of sermons that we now know as the book of Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy ends with those words that we've had read already this evening. Uh, Those words where Moses is looking out at the promised land, finally there. And the Lord says to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I've let you see it with your eyes, but you you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. And that is where the book of Joshua begins. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, just look there with me. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. The book of Joshua begins with Moses dead and Joshua becoming the leader of God's people. And so unsurprisingly, I think he was a bit nervous a little bit daunted by what was going on. Daunted because, well, because Moses, the great leader, had gone, and so now Joshua was no longer the assistant, but the main guy, the, the leader of God's people. And scared because, well, the land of Canaan was before him. The land that had sent the Israelites running back into the desert with their tail between their legs 40 years earlier. Joshua is scared. And so right at the beginning, God's big message to him is be strong and courageous. And then he gives him three reasons, three reasons which remain true for us this evening, whether we're facing the Canaanites or a colleague at work, whether we stand on the brink of the Jordan River or a new term at school, three reasons that we can be strong and courageous. First, we can be strong and courageous when we remember God's promises. Look at verse 2 with me. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. As we go through Joshua this term, one of the big things we're going to see is that God always keeps his promises. Time and time again, he says to Joshua, remember my promises. Remember what I have promised to you, what I have promised I will do. 
And in particular, remember my promise of the land that I'm going to give you. We can see that promise down in verse 6. Just look there with me. The Lord says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. God had promised this land to his people long ago. To Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Moses, and now finally to Joshua. And so as he stands looking across the Jordan, God says, this is it. This is the moment. This is the land that I've promised you. Joshua, there's no need to fear. You just need to trust my promises. And the same is true for us, isn't it? You see, Joshua could look back at all that had gone before. He could look back at how God had been faithful in rescuing his people from from Egypt. He could look back and see how God had sustained them in the desert. He could look back and see that despite all their grumbling, all their sin, God was faithful. Joshua could look back. And here this evening, well, we are in a far more privileged position than Joshua. Because we can look back through the whole Bible. We can look back and see how God kept his promises to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. How he was faithful to to Moses and to Joshua. We can see how God keeps all of these promises. Because all of them, in the end, were looking for, were longing for God to fulfill his greatest promise. The promise of a saviour. You see, as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, all of God's promises, all, every single one, are yes in Jesus Christ. And so as we're going to see, the story of Joshua, uh, the story of the whole Bible, is a story of how God fulfills his promises in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's him that we need to fix our eyes on, him that we need to look to. Because as we do, we remember that God is utterly faithful. We remember that he always keeps his promises And so that means as we do that, as we look to Christ, well, we can be courageous. We can be courageous in the Christian life as we look to Jesus because we know that he has promised to help us in the fight against sin. We can be courageous because we know he has promised to be with us in times of trial and suffering. And we can be courageous because we know that he has promised to see us through to the end, that he will bring us home, not to a land somewhere in the Middle East, but to the new creation, that he will get us there. And so God says to Joshua, and he says to us right at the start, you can be strong and courageous if you remember my promises, promises that I have kept in the Lord Jesus. And then secondly, you can be strong and courageous if you remember that I am with you. I guess that most of us will know the story of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, It's probably my all-time favorite story. Uh, But if for some absolutely bizarre reason you don't know the story, uh, then let me give you a brief overview. Uh, It's basically a story, a fantasy story of men and elves and dwarves and hobbits uh, who set out to destroy the Ring of Power. Uh, And they're led on this epic quest by the great wizard Gandalf. Uh, But right at the very beginning of the story, uh, the the fellowship, the group, know that it's a task that is pretty much impossible, uh, that they're probably going to fail. 
They know that the task is out of their reach. And yet they also know that with Gandalf leading them, well, there's just a chance of success. If Gandalf is there by their side, well, then there's a glimmer of hope in this quest. Uh, but they're near the start of the journey, and here comes uh, the plot spoiler. I, I make no apology. Gandalf dies. And with that, all hope is lost for the fellowship. How can they go on without their leader? It was hard enough before, but, but what about now? And that's kind of how Joshua begins. Again, we've already looked at Deuteronomy chapter 34, but just flick back there with me. Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 10. 34 verse 10 says this, Since then no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all the signs and wonders the Lord had sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to, his whole, to the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. You see, there was no one like Moses. It was Moses who had led the people out of Egypt. Moses who had spoken with God on the mountain. Moses who brought the law. Moses who led them through the desert. Moses who brought them to the edge of the promised land. And now, Moses was dead. And so Joshua and all the people were left thinking, what now? How do we go on without Moses? See what God says to them in verse 2? Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them. You see what God says? Moses is dead. Now get on with it. Get ready to cross the Jordan. Get on with the job. Yes, Moses was a great man. Possibly the greatest leader Israel ever had. But when he is gone, God says nothing's changed. It is business as usual. Why? Well, because God is still with them. Verse 5, God says to Joshua, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Human leaders come and go, don't they? They move away, they grow old and die. Sadly, sometimes they even stop following Jesus. Human leaders come and go, but that is not God. God will never move on. He will never give up or find something better to do. God promises always to be with us. And that promise remains true for us today. What does Jesus say when he commissions his disciples to take the gospel to the very ends of the earth? Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. And so you see, you're never alone if you're a Christian. If you trust in Jesus, you are permanently and irreversibly united to God. Of course, sometimes we might feel alone if we're the only Christian in our school year or the only Christian in the office. We might feel alone when we're at home looking after the kids or when our spouse isn't a Christian. Yes, we feel alone, but the reality is there is never a moment when we are alone. 
and there never will be. Verse 9, God says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We can be strong and courageous if we remember God is with us and he will always be with us. And finally, we can be strong and courageous if we remember what God asks of us. If we remember what God asks of us, look at verse 7 with me. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Why was Joshua daunted as he stood on the edge of the Jordan? Well, it was because he felt alone. Moses was gone and now he was in charge. But it was also because of the size of the task in front of him. He now needed to go and conquer Canaan. But you see what God says to him? He says, no, no, Joshua, that's not your job. That is not your job. In verse 2 and verse 6, God says he will give Joshua the land. He'll give it to him. It is not Joshua's job to conquer the land of Canaan. Joshua's job is there in verse 7. His job is to stick with God's word, to, to be careful to hear it and obey it every single day. Joshua's job as the leader of God's people is to read and listen to God's word each and every day of his life to study it, to think about it, to meditate on it, to teach it, and to be careful to obey it. That was Joshua's job. And again, the same is true for us, isn't it? Sometimes it can feel daunting to be a Christian. When we think about our responsibility as a a Christian parent or husband or wife or youth leader or group, small group leader, when we think about our responsibility to our neighbours, our family and our friends, Sometimes we look at those things and, and we can feel daunted. We can be afraid. We can feel like we're not quite up to the job. And so maybe it's best just not to try. But when that happens, it's often because we've forgotten what God has asked us to do. You see, if you're a Christian parent here this evening, it is your job, your role, to bring up your children to know and love the Lord. It's your job to spend time reading the Bible with them and to encourage them and talk with them as they hear about Jesus on a Sunday morning. It's your job to teach them God's word. But it's not your job to make them a Christian. You can't do that. Only God can do that. If you're a Christian husband, it's your job to make sacrifices so that your wife can hear the Bible taught regularly, so that she can spend time reading it regularly, so that she can make it on a Sunday or in a midweek to to spend time discussing it with other people. It's your job to do everything that you can to help your wife grow. But you cannot make her love Jesus more. You cannot change her to be more like him. That is God's job, not yours. If you're a youth leader, it is your job to teach the Bible, 
to open up God's word with young people. But it's not your job to make them a Christian. Only God can do that. If you're a neighbor or a classmate or a colleague or a friend or a son or a daughter, it is your job to bear witness to Christ, to point people to the Lord Jesus, to say, as we heard this morning, come and see, come and meet the Savior. But it's not your job to save people. That is God's job. Joshua's name uh, and its Greek counterpart, Jesus, means the Lord saves. And so God says, remember your job. Remember what I've asked you to do. Your job is to stick close to my word, to, to read it, to obey it every day of your life. And then to trust me with the rest. And so can I encourage you this evening, at the start of a new term, to make that a priority. To make spending time in God's word a priority of your day. That is what God is calling us to do. That's what he commands us to do. Danny, a little bit later on, is going to give us some ideas of how we might do that. Because you see, God says we can be strong and courageous in the Christian life if we remember what he has asked us to do. That doesn't mean that life will be easy. It doesn't mean that we just need to make sure we have a good quiet time and then that's it, tick, job done, get on with the rest of the day. Now you see, listening to God's word, well, it will mean action. And sometimes that action will feel daunting. Sometimes that action will cost us. We can see that in verse 12, just after Joshua commands the people to get ready for battle in verse 10. He, he turns to these three tribes, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And look what he says to them in verse 13. Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, until they too have taken possession of the land your Lord God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you, east of the Jordan, towards the sunrise. You see what's going on? These three tribes, for these three tribes, listening to God's word, meant action. Obedience meant doing something. Back in Numbers, Moses had told them that though they were going to make their home east of the Jordan, they were still to cross over with the rest of Israel to help them conquer the land. And so as they arrived at the edge of the Jordan, they would have known that there was still a job for them to do. They knew Moses' command back in Numbers, but now it was time to act. Now it was time to move to action and obey what God had commanded them. And they were to do that even though it would cost them. Even though it would be much nicer, much more comfortable, much more convenient to to stay put, to to put up their tents and just put up their feet uh, and stay put. That would have been the easier thing to do. But obedience to God's word means action. Uh, They understand this. And so in verse 16, they say, whatever you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Uh, And so you see, it is no good. When Danny comes up and shares about how we can read the Bible regularly, it is no good just reading it. 
It's no good just knowing it in our heads unless we're going to act on it. Just look at verse 8 again. God says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. In the New Testament, James says something similar, doesn't he? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Listening to God's word means action. So here's Joshua, standing on the edge of the River Jordan, looking out at the promised land. Here we are, uh, at the start of a new term, perhaps concerned, perhaps even scared about what might lie ahead. But what does God say to Joshua? What does he say to us? He says, you can be strong and courageous if you remember that all my promises are yes in Christ. He says, you can be strong and courageous if you remember that I am with you always and that I will never forsake you. And you can be strong and courageous if you stick to my word, if you read it and obey it every day of your life. Let's pray that God would help us to be strong and courageous this week. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we've seen this morning and this evening, you are the hero of the story. Heavenly Father, we thank you that it is you who is faithful, you who promises to be with us, you who promises to help us, to live for you. Most of all, Father, we thank you that all those promises that you have made to us are yes in the Lord Jesus. And so we pray that you would fill our hearts and our minds with him tonight and this week so that we might, we might be strong and courageous as we live for you. Amen.